We're taking a summer tour of the Apostle Paul's letter to the Christians in Galatia, which is near modern-day Turkey. Paul had once persecuted Christians because of his commitment to the law of Moses. But an encounter with the risen Jesus changed his life. He planted churches all over the Mediterranean. And then he wrote letters to encourage and correct them. In Galatia, just like in Antioch, which we heard about in Acts 15, some Jewish Christians were telling people that in order to be real Christians, they had to become Jewish. They needed to be circumcised and follow the law of Moses. Paul argues strongly in his letter that in Christ, God has set us free from the law and the power of sin. Reading from Galatians chapter 5. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the entire law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, Serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Here ends the reading. Have you seen the new Freedom Rock on the edge of town? It's a 30-ton rock that was uh, placed on the berm next to McDonald's, donated by a quarry, shipped in by some, vol- uh, some volunteers, and then set up. It's enormous. Um, in the coming months, an artist named uh, Ray Bubba uh, Sorensen will paint a patriotic mural on it as a tribute to area veterans. Uh, the first Freedom Rock that uh, Sorensen painted is in Adair County, uh, near Menlo, just off of I-80. Uh, he, he's painted a new mural on that rock each year since 1999. And now he's planning to paint similar freedom rocks in each of Iowa's 99 counties. Uh, he's done six or seven of them already, and hopefully he'll get to ours by sometime later this year or early next year. You can find out more about it at thefreedomrock.com. Well, Thursday is the 4th of July already. On Independence Day, we march in parades and watch fireworks or 
set off some of our own, to celebrate our country's freedom. 238 years ago, 56 men from 13 states signed a document that declared our independence. Part of it says, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, liberty, the word means freedom, the right to govern ourselves. The people of France gave us the Statue of Liberty, dedicated in 1886. Its full name is actually Liberty Enlightening the World. The statue has actually been closed for a year and a half for upgrades and then reconstruction after Hurricane Sandy. It's finally going to reopen to the public on July 4th. The statue is modeled after the Roman goddess Libertas, who was the goddess of freedom and freed slaves. She strides over a broken chain and shackles lying at her feet. She bears a tablet bearing the date July 4th, 1776, and she lifts a torch to give light to the world. Now, interestingly, a related word to liberty, libertine, describes someone who takes freedom too far someone who is morally unrestrained and pursues pleasure above anything else. Sometimes our pursuit of happiness becomes simply a pursuit of pleasure, like hedonism. Is freedom all about us, about what we want? You know, the freedom to do pretty much anything that catches our fancy? How many times have you heard someone try to justify bad behavior by saying, well, it's a free country? If liberty or or freedom is all about autonomy, autonomy literally means self-law or self-rule. If liberty or freedom is all about being able to do anything we want, then it quickly disintegrates into anarchy and chaos. After God rescued the people of Israel from slavery in in Egypt, Moses went up on Mount Sinai to receive the law. The people grew restless. Their freedom was too much for them. So they built a golden calf as a new god and rose up in revelry. When Moses returned from the mountain with the Ten Commandments written on stone tablets and saw what was going on, He broke the tablets in pieces at the foot of the mountain. He burned the golden calf with fire, ground it into powder, scattered it on the water, and made the people drink it. So their false libertine god ended up in the latrine. Their rebellion against God didn't end at Mount Sinai. They went through cycles of forgetting God and going their own way, having everything crumble around them, turning back to God so that he would deliver them, and then going their own way again. 
the end of the book of Judges says, In those days Israel had no king. All the people did what was right in their own eyes. Being independent and taking control of their own destiny didn't work out so well for the Israelites. But that was a long time ago. People don't abuse their freedoms today, do they? What if real freedom is bigger, more expansive than just personal freedoms or our national freedom? We have to ask the question, what is freedom for? Is it just for our own enjoyment, our own pleasures, or is it for others? Emma Lazarus wrote a sonnet to help raise funds for the installation of the Statue of Liberty, a poem she called The New Colossus. This statue would be different, she said, from the Colossus of Rhodes, which she described as a brazen giant with conquering limbs astride from land to land. Instead, this statue's name would be Mother of Exiles. In the poem, the statue cries out with silent lips, Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to be free, to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Her poem changed how people saw the statue. It wasn't just going to be a monument from one republic to another, congratulating them on their autonomy. Paul Oster wrote that Lazarus's poem reinvented the statue's purpose, turning liberty into a welcoming mother, a symbol of hope to the outcasts and downtrodden of the world. For the immigrants who sailed into New York under its outstretched arm, the Statue of Liberty was a beacon of hope, freedom, and new life. The statue whispered to them, You're free. Now, what are you going to do with your new life? Just as Lazarus's poem redefined the meaning of the Statue of Liberty, Paul's letter to the Galatians redefines freedom itself. In a different translation, Paul says, For freedom Christ has set us free. You were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love become slaves to one another. Christ has set us free from sin and death. The question is, how will we use our freedom? What will we do with our new life? Will we seek to fulfill our own desires in an endless pursuit of happiness? Or will we find the greater joy of helping free others from whatever oppresses them? Christ calls us to use our freedom in service to others. In Him, we are set free 
to become slaves, to serve and share the gifts that God has entrusted to us. Paul declared to the Galatians that Christ freed them from the demands of the law. Don't go backward into slavery, he said. You can't earn God's love by doing enough good things. You can't work your way into God's family by being a good enough person. God loves you already. He's adopted you into his family. Christ has done it all for you. He has set you free so that you can live in his kingdom under his rule and serve him. Martin Luther talked about Christian freedom in a little book called The Freedom of a Christian. His main point is a paradox, two opposite statements that are both completely true at the same time. The Christian is a perfectly free Lord of all, subject to none. The Christian is a perfectly dutiful servant of all, subject to all. We are set free from sin, death, and the power of the devil through what Christ has done for us, through his life, death, and resurrection. We are set free for a life of serving others in love. When Martin Luther explained the second part of the Apostles' Creed, where we say, I believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, he said, This means I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord. He has redeemed me and freed me from sin, death, and the power of the devil, not with silver and gold, but with his holy and precious blood and his innocent suffering and death. You see, freedom isn't free. It costs Jesus everything. Luther continues, He has done all this in order that I might be His own, live under Him in His kingdom, and serve Him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, even as He is risen from the dead and lives and rules for all eternity. This is most certainly true. You have been set free from slavery to the law. You've been set free from slavery to sin. You've been set free so that you can serve God by serving your neighbor. Don't go back to being a law to yourself and doing whatever you want. Don't put yourself back in slavery to wondering whether you've done enough good things or been a good enough person because you haven't and you can't. Just receive God's gift of love and share it with others. Pass on the freedom that you have received. We've been hearing a lot in the news lately about Nelson Mandela's failing health. Mandela knows a lot about slavery and freedom. He was put in prison for 27 years for resisting South Africa's white minority government. He spent decades in forced labor, breaking rocks by hand on Robben Island. He was finally set free in 1990 by President Frederick Wilhelm de Klerk, who was pushing toward ending apartheid in South Africa. 
Mandela didn't use his new freedom for himself. He went to work. He realized that he was freed to serve and to help free others. Mandela served as the first black president of South Africa from 94 to 99. Now, new leaders of a country often clean house and start fresh with their own staff, usually with people who helped them win. And so everyone expected that Nelson would fill his cabinet with members of the African National Congress. But Nelson begged the white staffers from the previous administration to stay on, to show that white and black South Africa could be united. Together with de Klerk, Mandela helped bring reconciliation and a new beginning for their country. In 1993, de Klerk and Mandela were jointly awarded the Nobel Peace Prize for their work for the peaceful termination of the apartheid regime and for laying the foundations of a new democratic South Africa. Mandela was set free to help change the world. So are you. You may never win a Nobel Prize, build a statue, or paint a huge rock, but you can serve others in love, one word and one act of kindness at a time. You have been given a new life of freedom in Christ. Now, what are you going to do with your new life? After all, what's freedom for? Amen.